0: Hi, this is Teacher Tales, T A I I'm Paul Carr, and this is a Peace Corps story, The Great Choosing, podcast number 49. You're doomed to make choices. It's life's great paradox, Wayne Dreyer. During the last two weeks of Samoan Peace Corps training, a host family Chose each of us to live with them. In training, we'd absorb the rudiments of tropical agriculture, language, education theory, appropriate social behaviors, and taboos. Taboos included not showing the bottom of your feet while sitting. Disgusting, we learned, because Samoan people realized they walked on the bottoms of their feet. Those bare feet touched the ground, and how dare anyone expose that to others. Another slight, showing one's thighs a major faux pas, too sexually suggestive, Samoans thought. Also, eating while walking, not sharing food and not obsequiously bending one's back and bowing one's head when near an elder. All of these were no-nos. My Peace Corps teacher's group had a lot to learn. A very lot. First day in the village, a formal kava ceremony tested us. Kava is a mild narcotic in the pepper family. But linked with its drinking is a traditional socialization. We had to drink a bit when offered. Some said it made them calm. Once upon a many times ago, the village virgins chewed the kava for guests, spit it into bowls, and shared it. Fortunately, that part of the tradition had died. But for me, kava tasted too earthy, even chalk-like, in it. Just made me want to pee. So cross-legged on woven mats, we awaited our honored cup full of kava, and we'd learn the appropriate response. When you get your kava, you tip a little bit out on the floor and as, as an offering, and then you say manuia. And of course, this was offered to us in coconut shells. Our ceremony droned on. The sun heated the villagers outside our shade-casting meeting hut, and mosquitoes attended in starved numeric superiority. Pigs oinked far and near. They sauntered by, fattening themselves up suicidally for a future kava ceremony. Chickens pecked at the ground in their psychotic way they do, and then for no apparent reason would bolt and they would shatter our daydreams with squawks. Muscled men did as commanded by their chieftains, and they did it both with speed and silence. Previous to this, these men had sweat in the sun in droves, just outside our shade, waiting. Now they hustled and presented tropical foods to us. The orange papaya, finger-sized bananas, mangoes, baked breadfruit, taro, cooked, multicolored parrotfish, some pink, some electric blue, some both. Ultimately, the main course, steaming chicken and pork, appeared on our banana leaf plates. But unbeknownst to us, much more was transpiring. Evaluations. Outside, in the sun, just beyond the edge of our hut, The moms, dads, aunties, uncles, and even kids pointed and giggled, all the time watching us and assessing. Our every movement observed, our slights noted, picking, choosing, in all essence, they were shopping. Which of these helpless foreigners would live under their thatched roof? These foreigners, who sadly, could not repeat their father's, 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 father's name or the village that he was from. Unthinkable. How could civilized people know their place under the Polynesian stars if they did not know such simple familial things? These foreigners also could not read the sands beneath the waves and know where the flatfish hid, where the octopi stalked, where the poisonous stonefish sat. These foreigners burnt in the sun, and they needed so many things, things. And the Samoan families muttered among themselves and shook their heads into disbelief. These Peace Corps volunteers liked, even wanted, it was shockingly whispered, to be alone. How sad. Each family shopped. They hoped for a good one. They had much to fix on these volunteers. The head chieftain made an announcement and the remnants of our meals disappeared. We stood when asked and a great chaos ensued. Families mobbed the hut. They poked us. They prodded us, all the while smiling naturally. They weighed our value in their minds and they picked Those chosen were fawned over by sisters, cousins, and small children. Hands lovingly intertwined with the Peace Corps volunteers' hands as they were directed to whatever hut the family and clan owned. Chuckling, hooting, teasing, and joking was all part of the departure. But a pattern soon revealed itself. Married couples were prized the most, two for the price of one. Fights nearly ensued over ownership of the three couples in our group. Then the rare few females in our group vanished. Guys left and right all around me were rapidly selected. In the end, 26 volunteers promenaded off. The 27th remained. Me. (laughs) No one had selected me. I felt like the first grader no one desired for the kickball team. Our Samoan language trainer came to my rescue and plucked me from my loneliness. You, he said, are the luckiest of all. You will be with the family that I live with. I was not convinced. Only months later did the very logical Samoan reason for me not being chosen come to my ears. Ears which sat above a mouth that had finally learned to know how to repeat his father's 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 village name. It was all simple island logic. Some Owens prize weights. They are arguably the heaviest people on our planet. And I, well, I looked sickly. I was skinny. I was emaciated. No Samoan family wanted to be responsible for hosting a Peace Corps volunteer who died under their roof. But in the end, the family which housed my language instructor loved me and fed me better than most. Volunteers, even years later, agreed I had made out like a bandit with my host family. But best of all, the honor for the family in the village, I did not die on them. They had taken a chance, a big one, on a skinny guy, and they won. Yeah, so that was pretty funny. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I felt terrible. (laughs) There must have been a couple hundred Samoans in this last village on the end of the earth around this hut, and the sun is beating down, and it's hot, and they're sweating outside, and they're looking at us, and they're going to pick who's going to have the village stay with them. And uh, yeah, I I felt like I was a, I know what it was like a little bit to be be a slave and to to be poked and prodded. I I almost expected them to open my mouth and look at my teeth and see if I had cavities. But um, yeah, what a wonderful family, wonderful family. And um, they did everything for us and they had nothing. They had nothing, Um, very, very protective. And, um, yeah, that's, that's how we started our Peace Corps experience. In those days, we had, um, uh, six weeks of training in Carbondale, Illinois, and then, uh, another six weeks in Samoa, where we were pretty much isolated, up in the mountains on a, they called it Avelli College, it was a, a high school, and, uh, it was way out of town, so we couldn't get into town, but then finally, in our last two weeks, they, uh, They sent us to this village called Satawa, and uh, there we were chosen, and we we learned many things, you know, how to play sweepy. We would play cards at night, and um, when you lost, the winner would take the whole deck of cards and snap them (laughs) under your nose. Oh, and they thought that was hilarious. Anyway, so there it is, 49... Peace Corps, Samoa, The Great Choosing. There will be more.